Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Learn American English with this guy, episode 45. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about irregular verbs in English. I'm doing a series on the YouTube channel about the 50 most common irregular verbs. And of course, irregular verbs are verbs that don't follow our normal rules for putting verbs into past tense. Like jump, then you simply add an ed when you have already jumped, when you've already done it. Well, these are just, they don't follow the rules. I don't know why we just can't have all of our verbs follow the rules, but I'm going in alphabetical order. So today you will hear awake, to be, blow, build, and buy. So you can't say I buy a lollipop, I buyed a lollipop. Now, not that easy. If only English was that easy. So I'd like to give a shout out to Kate from Ukraine. She is listening. I just found out today that she was listening, so thank you so much. Emmanuel got in touch with me from Germany this weekend and asked, when are you going to produce more podcasts? And I realized that many of you either don't have YouTube in your country or you would like some audio to listen to while you are doing chores or sitting around in the house because that's what a lot of us are doing. Hopefully the virus is not bad in your country, but I can't believe that it isn't or it won't be soon. So please stay safe. The only good part about this virus is that it does allow us to stay inside and study the languages that we are studying. For you, that would be English, I'm sure. And for me right now, that is Italian. So hopefully, with everything that is going wrong outside, inside your house, you are safe and your family is safe. I hope to have another podcast out today where I am doing another series on the YouTube channel about the U.S. presidents. So with that, I will be talking about each president. I just filmed the first episode this morning. I have to edit it. But I can talk a little bit about the history of the United States along with the presidents. So I have also gotten requests on the YouTube channel about staying away from grammar, too much grammar. So I'm trying to find a balance between the podcast, grammar, and history, which is what a lot of viewers on the YouTube channel like. And from what I've heard, many people who listen to the podcast also like learning about American culture. 
So for today's episode, it will be the grammar, but if you wait a couple hours, and if you live in Europe, you might be sleeping by the time it comes out. But maybe when you wake up tomorrow morning, you'll have another podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching the channel on YouTube. If you do that, I do have a Facebook page, which I have had a few new members on, and it allows us to talk a little more. You can get in touch with other people who listen to this podcast, and it's Learn American English with this guy, Facebook. Just search for it, and I would be happy to have you. So for a final time, thank you so much for listening, and I will try to get better about producing more of these podcasts. See you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another video. It seems that based on the last couple videos I have put out, people really like the grammar stuff. Um, it kind of surprises me, but hey, if that's what you guys want, I know a little bit about grammar since I am an English teacher. So today you're going to get more grammar really fun topic irregular verbs irregular verbs but before we get into that want to put up a couple pictures of my backyard it is march 24th and we got dumped on we got a lot of snow i think we got about seven inches of snow hopefully it will be gone hopefully the weather warms up but we got a last little blast of snow last night and it seems that i can't make a video lately without mentioning the coronavirus, but some good news this time, or at least I'm considering it good news. For the second time today, hopefully today will be the third, the deaths in Italy have gone down. They peaked at about 700 in one day. A couple days ago, it was like 650. Yesterday, I think it was 620. Hopefully we see that start going down and the worst is over for Italy. And of course, the worst is just beginning for the United States. I have a feeling that we will break all the records. We just, we have so many people. You know, Italy has about 60 million. We have about 370 million. Of course, China has 2 billion, but their numbers are relatively low. Relatively. That's a good term to use, relatively. Like, compared to something else, relatively low. Considering they have two billion people, their numbers are relatively low. Considering Italy only has 60 million people, their numbers are relatively high, relative to the United States' 370 million and China's two billion. Their numbers are relatively high. All right, I can delay in teaching grammar no longer. Let's get to it. 
I found a list of about 50 very common irregular verbs. And I'm sure if you're tuning in, you know irregular. When in English, if you want to say something happened in the past, you're most likely going to add an ED at the end, the majority. But there are a few verbs, some very important verbs, like the second one I'll talk about, the verb to be, um, that are irregular. And I'm not saying memorize these. I am saying listen to natives speak, like myself. Watch a lot of my videos. Hopefully in all of the videos I'm using correct English. And you will just hear over time that instead of saying I awaked, putting a, sounds like a T, but I awaked, an ED at the end, you will say I awoke. And that's our first one we'll get to. So these are more or less in alphabetical order. And the first one is awake. And if you want to say it in the past, you would say I awoke. And we have this other thing called past participle, past participle, where you would add a helping verb like have or had to it. And the difference is between the past tense and the past participle, it means past is done, it's happened. Past participle, it's almost like it, it's been done in the past many times, but you're leaving it open that it might happen in the future also. So past participle is, is relatively difficult, but considering you're probably coming from a language that has way more tenses, this probably isn't so tough. And if that explanation didn't really help, I will use it um, in examples to hopefully make it a little bit more understandable. But I know if you're coming from German or Russian, this English grammar is a piece of cake to you. Piece of cake. It's a good idiom right there, uh, meaning easy. Piece of cake. It's easy. And the first one we have is really tricky because we don't talk, in America at least, in the United States, we don't talk like the textbook says we should. So for this first one, to be present tense awake, I'm actually going to use the verb to be to help me out. Here's my sentence. I am barely awake. I need to go to bed. Notice how I didn't just say, I awake at 7 a.m. We, they might in England. It sounds a bit proper. If you've seen my video, I don't even know if I can link to it, of why you shouldn't speak British English. But when we say awake in the United States, it just sounds like too proper. So we change it a little bit. So I am barely awake. I need to go to bed. Present tense, you're barely up, want to go to bed. I feel a little bit like that this morning. I, I, I slept pretty well, but to be honest, I feel a little tired. True story. So that's present tense awake. Let's see what happens when you put it in the past tense, all proper. I awoke this morning at 7 a.m. That's how you might say it in England. I awoke this morning. You could say, this morning I awoke at 7 a.m. In English, you can definitely move around some of the times, like today I woke up, or you could say, I woke up today at 7 a.m. Little prepositional phrase at the end, at 7 a.m. 
I promise I will do a video on prepositions. It's just daunting. It's just kind of scary because I know they're hard for um, English learners, but hopefully people won't give you trouble about that. And the next one, this is the past participle. Every day this week, I have awoken at 7 a.m. So that is an action that has happened many times in the past. Hey, maybe next week you are going to wake up at 7 a.m. also. You're leaving that option open, but with the past participle, you're just saying, okay, every day this week, I have awoken at 7 a.m. Now that every day this week, you can put it on the end if you want. I have awoken at 7 a.m. every day this week. It, it doesn't matter. You can move that around just depending on how you feel, how the words come out of your mouth at that time. So with all of that said about awoke and awoken, to be honest, you will never hear that in conversation in the United States. Never. Remember in English, I said there are very few rules that we do all the time. I have never once heard a person say, I have awoken. Too proper. We say, I woke up. Woke. W-O-K-E. So if you're taking a test, you might want to be familiar with awoke, awoken. But if you're just talking to a friend, say, I woke up at 7 a.m. This morning I woke up at 7 a.m. Awoken. Sounds too proper for us in America. Too proper. We don't drink tea. We drink coffee and beer. We don't go to a pub. Oh, let's, let's go to the pub tonight. No, we go to a bar. We drink. We be natural. We sing karaoke. Do they even sing karaoke in England? Are they too proper? Oh no, I couldn't sing karaoke, no. Oh, it's too beneath me. So we started off pretty hard. A big difference between like the textbook and then how people actually talk in the United States. Doesn't get a whole lot easier. This next one we are going to tackle might be the most difficult verb in English and it is probably the most common and that is the, the verb to be. The verb to be. Very common. Very difficult. Luckily, like I have said in English, it's pretty simple putting something into the past. However, when you're talking about being, it is a bit difficult. I do think it is a holdover from when the French invaded England in 1066 and kind of made the English language a little bit more French. And if you are a speaker of French or Italian, you know that the verb to be can change drastically as well. A lot of your verbs actually change quite a bit. So I'm going to talk about the pronoun I because if you're a new English speaker, you're probably going to talk about yourself quite a bit. So I'm going to use am and was and have been. So I'm just sticking with the pronoun I. I have done an early video on the verb to be talking about myself. I wasn't that comfortable on camera. I may redo it, but you can check that out. I think it's called the verb to be talking about myself. So if we talk about the base with I am, I would say I am a teacher in the United States. You probably know how to use I am. It's, it's pretty basic. But if you want to say something in the past, you would say 
I was a student many years ago. So I'm not anymore. It's in the past, over and done with. Now let's talk about that past participle. So for the past participle, I could say something like this. I have been teaching for 20 years. True story. I have been teaching for 20 years. So it means I'm not retired yet. I probably will teach again next year, but so far I have been teaching for 20 years. Now let's say I retire, done teaching, no more. I can say I have, or I taught for 20 years. I taught. It's a much more, it has more finality to it. It's more final. I taught versus I have taught. And with all that said, in the United States, you do hear was a lot. But you might also hear this. I used to be. Used. I'll write it up here. We don't pronounce it like that, though. I used to be. Used to be. I don't even know how you'd spell that. Used to be. It's pretty much one word. But it means I was. I used to be a student. Now I am a teacher. Used to be. Some people might say I was. I was a student, but now I'm a teacher. But just be aware of if some people don't like using was, in some cases they might say, I used to be, I used to be. I used to be skinny, but now I am fat. And it seems based on the last video I made about shopping during the coronavirus, put a link up there, people liked it when I made fun of uh, fat Americans. I, it's hard to deny, I mean, we are. So if you like it, I'll keep making fun of fat Americans. I, I can't deny it. Next verb, a little more straightforward as far as irregular verbs go. This one is blow, blow. So present tense, I blow. Past tense, I blew. A little tricky there. We got the color blue, put that up there. But then we have the past tense of blow, blue, spelled differently. We like to make it difficult for you who are learning English. We could have just made them both the same spelling, right? No. Make it hard for you. Make it hard for you. And then the last one is you can say, I have blown. I have blown. So I'm thinking of things like what can I think of for objects that could be blown? Any ideas there? Now, if I was teaching this to teenage boys in America, the word verb blow, there would be a lot of giggles. I hope you don't know why, and I'm not going to tell you why. So of all the objects I can think of blowing, let's just stick with a balloon, okay? I blow up the balloon. Present tense, doing it right now. That's the base, blow. Now for past tense, you say blue. I blew chunks. That is a good, what we call that, expression to know. I blew chunks. We pause the video. What do you think I blew chunks could mean? To blow chunks or I blew chunks, it literally means to vomit, to puke. So after a night of heavy drinking, Joey <laughs> blew chunks into his toilet. Okay, how about that one? Joey, that's a good American name. After a night of heavy drinking, Joey blew, 
Why, why is that funny to me? Joey blew chunks <laughs> into his toilet. After many nights of drinking, Joey has blown chunks <laughs> into his toilet every night. So Joey has a drinking problem. I actually have a different sentence for the past participle. So I'm gonna use candles this time. After many years of celebrating my birthday, I have blown out many candles. So past participle, I have had many birthdays. I hope for the possibility of birthdays in the future. I mean, if I thought I was on my deathbed, it's a good term to know, deathbed, like I'm about to die, I could say, ah, it's been a good life. I blew out a lot of candles. It's kind of like, I don't think I'm gonna have another birthday, but we don't wanna think like that, do we? So hopefully blow, wasn't too bad for you, right? These last two aren't that bad. And you will see a pattern with, I guess I would call them common irregular verbs, where the past tense and the past participle are the same form. Just with the past participle, you would add like had or have. So let's talk about build here, builds. It's build, built, built. And you can see on that chart there, build, built, built. So little kids use blocks to build toy houses. So that's just a general statement, present tense. Eh, it might've been little kids in the past that have done it, little kids in the future, but presently, you know, little kids use toy blocks to build houses. That's common. Let's go past tense. I built my business from the ground up. I built my business from the ground up, meaning, if you hear from the ground up, it means literally that person had nothing. They worked really hard to grow their business. So I built my business, past tense. Let's talk about the past participle where it's been done a few times in the past at least, and it just leaves that option open for it to happen maybe in the future too. I have built many homes for the neighborhood. So maybe this is a contractor, they own a construction company, and their job is to build houses, present tense, but maybe in this neighborhood, they have built many houses, who knows? They might build a few more. And the last one, which is buy. So present tense, buy, purchase something. Past tense, bought. Past participle, have bought. And since you guys like fat jokes about Americans, how about this stereotype? I buy my breakfast, lunch, and dinner at McDonald's every day. Buy, present tense, I buy. Uh, let's talk about the future. The future, to make something happen in the future, you can use the base and then just add will as a helping verb, will, like this. Tomorrow, I will buy my food from McDonald's also. So future, will buy, will buy. Past tense, action, happened, completed. I bought a car yesterday, bought a car. Unless you're very rich, you're probably not gonna be buying multiple cars on multiple days in a row. So, phew, I bought a car yesterday. Congratulations, bought a car yesterday. Now let's talk about the past participle. And if any of you are homeschooling your kids, if you're anything like mine, it's like we 
writing utensils, writing utensils. It's a good term to know. It could be a pencil, it could be a pen. Writing utensils. So I have bought you so many pencils. How do you keep losing them? So this person in the past has bought multiple pencils and apparently the child keeps losing them. I have bought you many pencils. So in the future, they'll probably have to buy many more. Luckily, most of my students and my own children, their work is mostly online, so don't really need a pencil. The only subject is math. Math is hard to get away from that pencil paper stuff. So that'll just about do it for today. Um, this video is getting a little long. I do have a question from Marina. Eh, why don't I just do it right now? Uh, maybe you've stopped listening anyway. Stopped watching. Grammar put you to sleep. But she had asked um, how often she had asked. That's, that's a fancy way to say instead of just she asked. She had asked. She had asked um, how often does the average American buy a new car? And that's a very good question. Very good question. Most people do have cars here. It's hard in the United States. I've mentioned it before in some videos. We just don't have great metro way to get around, like mass transportation in the United States. Especially if you live in a smaller place like I do, Maine. You need a car. There is a city bus, but it's very limited. I know it goes to Walmart. I think it goes to the mall in a couple places, you know, where people live downtown. But you really need a car. Like if I wanted to get to Boston, there is a bus that would drive me there, but it's just easier with a car. So a friend of mine who works for a great business, he gets a new car every year. They purchase one for him. That's not typical. I wouldn't say most Americans get a new car every year. I would say maybe once every three years, once every four years. I don't really care about cars. Now, if I had a Lada, Lada, that would be cool. Russian car, Lada, I would love one of those. But um, I don't really care about cars that much. So I will literally buy a car and drive it into the ground. We sometimes say that, drive it into the ground. Of course, not literally but just drive it until it's no longer worth driving. And my last car I had for about 10 years and I had 250,000 miles on it, but it was beautiful. I paid it off. I didn't have car payments. Um, the air conditioning stopped working and the heat wasn't the best, but it still got me from place to place. So it just depends on the person Depends on if they really like cars. Some of my friends get cars more often than others. Like I said, I don't really care. So my current car, I think is a 2013. Yeah, so it's already seven years old. I plan on having it for another five years. I didn't plan on doing this, but I will talk just one more thing about cars. And if you're still with me, don't, don't forget to uh, maybe subscribe. Maybe you like this stuff, so subscribe. Leave a thumbs up. But in my state, we have what's called an inspection sticker. Each year, you have to display this on your front windshield. 
We call it a windshield. I think in England they call it a windscreen. But we call it a windshield. It's the thing that protects you from the wind, that shields you from the wind when you're driving. You have to display this inspection sticker. I'll take one of my car inspection sticker each year. And if you don't have that sticker, the police can pull you over and give you a fine, make you pay money. And the way you get that sticker is you bring it into a person. They look your car over to make sure your brakes are good, to make sure it's safe. Also, you can't have any rust on your car in Maine, like big rust spots. Maybe I'll show a picture of what rust is. Um, and you won't get a inspection sticker if you have a lot of rust. So that's why I sold my last car. I still would have driven it, past participle there. I still would have driven my car, but I couldn't get an inspection sticker because there was too much rust on the door. So uh, my wife and I sold that car and then used that money to buy our new car. So maybe I'll take um, some pictures of what my cars look like. So hope you have enjoyed this video. A little bit of everything, I guess. So um, thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next time. So here's the car that I drive most of the time. It's a uh, 2013 Toyota Corolla. We love, we love uh, Toyotas. They just, they last a long time. And like I said, you can drive them into the ground. Just run them, drive them until they are no longer working. There's my neighbor, snow blowing. We got quite a bit of snow last night. About seven inches, I think. And this is the car that my wife drives. It's a 2016 Toyota RAV4. So that's the nicer car that we drive. She drives it to work. She has to drive a little longer to work than I do. She drives 40 minutes, I drive about 12 minutes. Yeah, there's my neighborhood this morning. Lots of snow. I got a lot of shoveling to do.